Hello, hello, hello. This is the Natasha Divine Show. It's the 4th of July special, and they're popping off with the fireworks. First thing, uh, we're going to do a little bit of historical stuff, and we're going to check out this convenient uh, pre-recorded version of the uh, Patrick Henry Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death speech, and then we'll come back talking live after that. Here goes. Learn Out Loud is pleased to present this audio collection of the founding documents of the United States of America. Starting with Patrick Henry's Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death speech, which helped to spark the American Revolution, and ending with the first inaugural address of President George Washington, these documents represent key points in the founding of the U.S. government. This piece is narrated by John Reese. We hope you enjoy this vivid look at America's origins. Patrick Henry's Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death speech. Patrick Henry was a leading advocate of the American Revolution. After over a decade of struggle with the economic and political policies of the British, under King George III, many citizens in the American colonies felt the need to resist British encroachment on their civil rights. In March of 1775, the Second Virginia Convention met at St. John's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. There, 120 delegates, including Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, met to debate the issue of organizing a militia to resist Great Britain's oppressive rule. On March 23, 1775, Patrick Henry delivered a speech which supported military action against the British. This stirring speech swayed the vote and was most likely the deciding factor in committing Virginia troops to fight the British. Less than a month after Henry's speech, on April 19, 1775, the Battle of Lexington and Concord took place, marking the beginning of the Revolutionary War. Give me liberty or give me death. Speech delivered by Patrick Henry, March 23, 1775. No man thinks more highly than I do of the patriotism, as well as abilities, of the very worthy gentleman who has just addressed the house. But different men often see the same subject in different lights. And therefore, I hope it will not be thought disrespectful to those gentlemen if, entertaining as I do, opinions of a character very opposite to theirs, I shall speak forth my sentiments freely and without reserve. This is no time for ceremony. The questing before the house is one of awful moment to this country. For my own part, I consider it as nothing less than a question of freedom or slavery. And in proportion to the magnitude of the subject ought to be the freedom of the debate. It is only in this way that we can hope to arrive at truth and fulfill the great responsibility which we hold to God and our country. Should I keep back my opinions at such a time through fear of giving offense? I should consider myself as guilty of treason toward my country and of an act of disloyalty toward the majesty of heaven, which I revere above all earthly kings. Mr. President, it is natural to man to indulge in the illusions of hope. We are apt to shut our eyes against a painful truth and listen to the song of that siren till she transforms us into beasts. Is this the part of wise men engaged in a great and arduous struggle for liberty? Are we disposed to be of the number of those who having eyes see not, 
and having ears hear not, the things which so nearly concern their temporal salvation? For my part, whatever anguish of spirit it may cost, I am willing to know the whole truth, to know the worst, and to provide for it. I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that is the lamp of experience. I know of no way of judging of the future but by the past. And judging by the past, I wish to know what there has been in the conduct of the British ministry for the last ten years to justify those hopes with which gentlemen have been pleased to solace themselves and the house. Is it that insidious smile with which our petition has been lately received? Oh, trust it not, sir. It will prove a snare to your feet. Suffer not yourselves to be betrayed with a kiss. Ask yourselves how this gracious reception of our petition comports with those warlike preparations which cover our waters and darken our land. Are fleets and armies necessary to a work of love and reconciliation? Have we shown ourselves so unwilling to be reconciled that force must be called in to win back our love? Let us not deceive ourselves, sir. These are the implements of war and subjugation the last arguments to which kings resort. I ask, gentlemen, Sir, what means this martial array? If its purpose be not to force us into submission, can gentlemen assign any other possible motive for it? Has Great Britain any enemy in this quarter of the world to call for all this accumulation of navies and armies? No, sir, she has none. They are meant for us. They can be meant for no other. They are sent over to bind and rivet upon us those chains which the British ministry have been so long forging. And what have we to oppose them? Shall we try argument? Sir, we've been trying that for the last ten years. Have we anything new to offer upon the subject? Nothing. We have held the subject up in every light of which it is capable, but it has all been in vain. Shall we resort to entreaty and humble supplication? What terms shall we find which have not been already exhausted? Let us not, I beseech you, sir, deceive ourselves. Sir, we have done everything that could be done to avert the storm which is now coming. We have petitioned, we have remonstrated, we have supplicated, we have prostrated ourselves before the throne, and have implored its interposition to arrest the tyrannical hands of the ministry and parliament. Our positions have been slighted. Our remonstrances have produced additional violence and insult. Our supplications have been disregarded. And we have been spurned with contempt from the foot of the throne. In vain, after these things, may we indulge the fond hope of peace and reconciliation. There is no longer any room for hope. If we wish to be free, if we mean to preserve inviolate those inestimable privileges for which we have been so long contending, if we mean not basely to abandon the noble struggle in which we have been so long engaged, and which we have pledged ourselves never to abandon until the glorious object of our contest shall be obtained, we must fight. I repeat it, sir, we must fight. An appeal to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left us. They tell us, sir, that we are weak, unable to cope with so formidable an adversary. But when shall we be stronger? Will it be the next week or the next year? Will it be when we are totally disarmed and when a British guard shall be stationed in every house? Shall we gather strength by irresolution and inaction? Shall we acquire the means of effectual resistance by lying supinely on our backs and hugging the delusive phantom of hope until our enemies shall have bound us hand and foot? Sir, 
We are not weak if we make a proper use of those means which the God of nature hath placed in our power. The millions of people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country as that which we possess are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, the brave. Besides, sir, we have no election. If we were base enough to desire it, it is now too late to retire from the contest. There is no retreat but in submission and slavery. Our chains are forged. Their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston. The war is inevitable. And let it come. I repeat, sir, let it come. It is in vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace. But there is no peace. The war is actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. All right, that was the Patrick Henry famous Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death speech. And tonight we have the star of New York, Mr. Heshi Tischler, appearing on our 4th of July special. How are things going out there today on this holiday in New York? Well, Natasha, thank you for letting me come on your show. Uh, it was a good day, you know. Uh, for me, it's a regular day. Uh, I love this great country, so I serve my country every day. New York has been a little bit more calmer, and not like what we just heard and what happened in Philadelphia uh, a couple of hours ago, but we are still a wild, wild west uh, little town here. But uh, we try to um, be good to one another. At least I preach that, you know. I still fight with uh, our mayor and uh, a lot of our politicians. And uh, But today, for me, we a day of July 4th is a day to volunteer, help our special needs and elderly. I did a barbecue for a lot of my family and special needs and um, did my regular chores in the hospital and so on. But for me, I love this great country. For me, every day is liberty. You know, when uh, uh, when I started fighting Mayor de Blasio and opening our parks and fighting for our freedom and not allowing people to come into our houses and break our Fourth Amendment, uh, you know, like the other week I had inspectors coming with police officers illegally. And I'm quoting the law to them and they're saying, well, we can come in. And I'm telling them you won't come in. And I'm big enough to fight you. And if you want to arrest me again, I'm willing to go to jail for my people. So we're a little lost. Sometimes we forget the meaning of July 4th. And I'm so happy. You know, my father was a Holocaust survivor, Natasha. And I saw him uh, a struggle towards the end of his life. He died when I was 13. And I saw the goodness that he's done. And I continued his work for many years. You know, 
today I just want to tell you I have a I take people home from jail. I go visit the jails every two weeks, and when they come home from jail, a lot of people don't want to take them. Our politicians hide, uh, especially in my community. They're all embarrassed. I bring them into my homes. I have special little apartments. And one guy came over to me. He's there by me a year already crying. Nobody took me in but you. I said, stop crying. It is our obligation to help one another. Everybody makes a mistake. Everybody needs a second chance, a third chance. I have so many young children and women who, who commit suicide because nobody wants to talk to them. Nobody wants to reach out to them. We have kids on the street. We have to remember, like you just quoted Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death. And we, liberty is not free. Liberty is not something you get, uh, you have to earn it. You have to fight for it. And all the people in the past that have fought for us, I know that. So has my town done well today? I'm happier today that it wasn't so bad. At least I didn't hear a lot of bad. And I saw a lot of people in my community doing good. From Bobby, a lot of the locals I work with. And um, till my last dying breath, Natasha, I'm going to never give up, even though they keep knocking me off the ballot for the third time. I want you to know. They spent 185000 to knock me off the ballot. And it cost me, by the way, $160 the first time at $500. i am going to keep fighting. I'm going to uh, I'm going to be on as an independent. I think I have enough signatures. I'm submitting them tomorrow, so I don't think they'll be able to knock me off again. But uh, I don't know if an independent will win. But they do know my name here. They do know when they're in trouble. Like today, I had calls calling me, uh, uh, people calling me with their homes, people asking me for help with their kids. So I know that I'm here for them, and I'm going to continue doing my work. You know, I wake up my wife every morning at 4:30 in the morning, and I ask her just to say two words and every day for 32 years she says you're handsome i know she's lying but it makes no difference to me i want her to say it to me and my day at least starts out good the rest of the day might not be as good but at least it starts good and then we work and we fight and we continue and if we're not going to continue making this great country better you know uh, people ask me did you vote for mr biden the answer is no, but he is my president, and I will serve this country, and I will continue to serve this country, and I love President Trump. It makes no difference whether your listeners like him or not. Yes, I am a Democrat because that's the way I grew up, and I believe not only in the Democratic original ideas growing up, the democratic values i know a lot of my people have gone left they've gone crazy but it's you natasha and me who have to believe in our personal ideals continue to raise our children i have 21 foster kids people laugh at me oh oh you took in only jewish kids no i have a black uh foster son who loves me calls me Big age. I have a Muslim girl who loves me, calls me Saint T, and and she always calls me every week. Please don't get in trouble again, has she? You know. And and we must. I'm not giving any speeches. I'm not. Preaching to anybody, I'm not a 
feature. What I'm trying to tell you is we must do the little things to help our neighbors, whether it's Philadelphia, California, New York, Miami. Watch our children. Give inspiration. We have gotten a gift from the last generation. We have everything. Let's use our powers. And I'm sorry I'm going on and on. I'm not preaching. No, it's good. But I love this great name. Well, did you lose me? Uh, no, it, it the sound dropped out just for me? a second for me there. Sorry, I got you. You still? You, did you lose me? Oh, okay, I thought you lost me for a minute. Or maybe yeah, I got you. I got you there. Um, I think what you're saying. I know there's a lot of fireworks in the background here, so it might be kind of noisy. Uh, but yeah, I I like what you're saying. Uh, I thought you wanted uh, me to uh, shut up. No, no, about, um, I've been talking about the same thing but, too, uh, regardless of what your political background is. I think now is the time for independence because both parties have really, at one level or another, let their constituents down. Um, I really feel like I traditionally have voted either GOP or Libertarian, um, but I think if a candidate, like you said, they know your name there. If you can get your name out and get people to appreciate your message, a lot of times people have a unique viewpoint. And I think when you put them, you know, an R or a D or even an L next to their name in the public's mind, they associate that person with other people that they've heard from that party or or even rumors that they've heard about that party or whatever and it's i think nowadays with you know the amount of information that's available on the internet and everything it's not like it was way back in the past where you had to go well look uh i don't know i don't have too much information but i know who they're affiliated with but now i think candidates really do have a chance to stand on their own, like you. Like you have your own personality and you were running as a Democrat, they knock you off the ballot and stuff. Uh, I, I also find that the political system is easier to maneuver as an independent because you don't have all these other infighting within the party. Well, I wanna be the guy for the party, so I'm gonna try and knock so-and-so off the bill because of that, you know, this and that, and because each party only gets one guy in the election, you know, so they're all fighting and it's like a rat, you know, in, in a barrel. So it's really, if you come out as an independent, not only are you saying, okay, I'm not affiliated with either one of these parties, but you're also saying like, hey, I can stand on my own ideas, you know? Well. In my community, usually the incumbents are there forever. And uh, um, I'm running as an independent because this guy got a lot of money. My community, we have a lot of the big name players 
picking and choosing who they want. They wanted me to make deals with them. And I told them, listen, I'm for the people. The people love me. You know, the people not in my community would vote for me. The problem is we have a lot of leaders that the uh, people follow. Whether you're Democrat, Republican, or Independent, they don't care. They call me crazy because they watch my three-minute videos of screaming and cutting open the locks and fighting the cops. And when the cops call me to the protest to help break it up, when the people who are uh, in jail call me to help bail out their ch children, uh, when the police officers themselves ask me, hey, has she come pick up this guy or, or do something for the stores? But they don't want me to be the guy because I don't wear the suit and tie the way you guys want it. I'm not willing to make a deal. I'm willing to scream and holler for what's right. My ideas are not uh, 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 idealistic ideas. My ideas are what I'm a regular person. I've seen how we've been screwed, how the system and the red tape. So all my life being an expediter, a builder, a contractor, I've been teaching people how to fight the system, how to say no, how to stand up for their rights. And a lot of my leaders have saying no Heshi. us jewish people are quiet you can need more our people our children are being affected suicides at 102 suicides just in my neighborhood they think it's a joke they want to hide drugs they want to hide a uh, child molestation they want to hide uh, sex i disagree you know people say well Heshi, you are a jewish guy and you're against uh you're for abortion i said i'm not for abortion i myself don't believe in it but again telling somebody else what to do in this great country, you have no right to. Again, everybody has their opinion on Roe versus Wade. I don't like guns in my house, but the Second Amendment says you can't have. Who are you to tell somebody else what to do and how to do it? And, you know, I, I believe in the power of you. I believe, you know, I, I, you, you came, we, we, we've all been on this journey. Everybody uses this word journey. I don't believe in a journey. I've had, I look back on my life and I know it could have gone so many different ways. You have to choose your path every single day, Natasha. Every day you get up is a battle. And remember that you must do good. You must help one another and do, you must defend your fellow neighbor's rights. Now, you know, in my, in my community, they get upset with me. They love me. They call me when they're in trouble. They love my entertainment, uh, but they're not willing. They're scared for me because when I get up to represent them, I might tell everybody, jump in the lake. I might tell them I don't want to raise their taxes. I might tell them to take down all the cameras from all over and only leave them by the schools and the parks where they belong. They want to make money. It's a money game. I understand we need money. Don't get me wrong. But there are ways to budget our monies. There's ways to save without spending. Some of these guys are not businessmen, these politicians. They sit there 30 years. They don't show up for two years. Do you know why I was thrown off the ballot, Natasha? Because when we were doing a line by line, the judge and the board of elections wanted me to wear a mask. I swear to God. Now, I went in there and I wore the mask and it slipped down under my nose. They started screaming. I threw it off. I said, who do you think you are? The guy who burnt the masks, who stopped the mask mandate to open the parks and let the special needs kids come out to breathe, open the stores, the synagogues, the church and the mosques. So I told the judge, no. The judge says, well, you have to wear it. I turned around to the court officer. I said, why aren't you wearing a mask? Well, I have my vaccine. I said, so do I. He says, well, uh, you have to get a pass. I said, I have a pass. So the judge says to me, well, in that particular little room, Mr. Tishler, you wore me a mask. I said, judge, what are you doing, playing a game with me? I said, go ahead, rule against me. You think I care? I'm here to defend the people, whether I'm a politician, whether I'm an elected.
doing that. But it bothers me that the big boys beat us. I'm only doing this for four years. I've been serving my community for 35 years. I've done it well. I'll learn the game. I'll beat them at their game. They don't understand. When I do beat them, they better watch out because when the new sheriff comes to town, they're going to get there. But I'm not scared. I'm never scared. The only person I'm scared of, Natasha, is God Almighty. And that's who I'm going to be standing in front of at the end of my days, answering my questions. And I'm quiet. I see you pointing to me to shut up. So I will shut up. No, no, I, I was saying, you, I was agreeing I'm telling with you. you. Now. <laughs> no, I was agreeing I know, with baby, you. I know, baby, I know. Making it into yeah. <laughs> if you watch my videos, I'll be a little, you know, I'm, yeah. but I, I, I'm not trying to entertain your audience. What I'm trying to tell your audience is simple. You and me are a team. This is a melting pot. We must fight for our country first. Then we can go out and help the world. You know, I, 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 they, they accused me last time of having 25 lawsuits against me, going to jail. If they would have printed it correctly, they would have seen that I sued the city and the state for the people. I'm a receiver. I fight for the tenants. I work against the city. So I've sued the city. I sue for the tenants. So, yes, I have these suits that I'm trying to do good. Yes, I went to jail because the mayor decided, listen to this, Natasha. When I opened the schools and I told the police commissioner to jump in the lake before the holidays and all my synagogues would be open, they came to me in the middle of the night. Two police officers, not from my district because they, they love me here, and I support them from the Bronx. Four detectives from Manhattan, seven police cars. Now, I'm not violent ever. I mean, El Chapo didn't have so many people come after him. I mean, I, I'm, I hope he's jealous. That's How so many people But the mayor beat me. Fought back, and I'm the one who brought Lindsey Boylan to make that first accusation against Governor Cuomo. Then the 11 women came out. You cannot abuse women. I've seen many women abused. I've helped them. I've helped them run away. I, I sometimes preach to them not to make a report because the whole family's, and it's their decision. I just advise and guide. And some of these politicians think they will lead and tell us what to do. No, you are a guide, just like I'm a guide to my children, my foster children, my nephews, my nieces, my friends. And if you don't want to listen, that is your right. But we must never forget, like you print that that's a beautiful thing you did in the beginning of your show. Remind the people how much blood has been spilled to get us here, that we're allowed to do and dress and act anyway. And I'm not against uh, um, homosexuality or, or the gay or the pride or thing, but you don't have to teach it in our schools. You don't have to pay money to teach them. Go home and teach them. You know, when my children were 13, I sat them down. I taught them about sex. I taught them about drugs. That is your responsibility as a parent to force the parent. You want to be a teacher and teach it? Take them outside and do it. But in the school, this a school is made for learning. That's why, Natasha, I'm embarrassed to tell you that our schools have a 30% graduation rate. I mean, we're illiterate because we, we don't want to teach our children. We want to teach them stupid stuff. I want our children to be better. We have so much power in this great country. We can educate. We can help them. We can guide them. But no, we're busy with what, Natasha? Let me tell you what we're busy with. We're busy with uh, promoting marijuana drugs again. I'm not saying whatever you want to say. I'm against it. It is my opinion that you shouldn't do it. Now, you want to do it at home? You want to grow it at home? Be my guest. Not sell it on my corner store. And you think a 16-year-old kid is not going to go pick it up like the alcohol? Get it out of your head. You know, I have children that died this year on this 
uh, fentanyl and this drugs that want to kill me. I go to funerals. I cry. I don't know what you want me to do. You're letting them get it. These are the things you should be concentrating on instead of giving $5 million for how to put up plaques. I'm talking, I can go down the list of $1.5 billion that Mrs. de Blasio blew on on hearings for the mental illness when I could have built 1,600 homes just to put the homeless up. They don't know how to take care of the homeless. We, the individuals, do it correctly. I have homeless that I visit that cry they won't go to homeless shelters. Do it correctly. Think about it. Use the people. But instead, these guys want their salaries. And I want to tell you what a salary is, Natasha, so you should be a little upset. Our 51 council members get a salary of $180,000. But they get 40... Wait, wait, wait. I'm not finished with that. They get $40,000 for each committee they sit on. Now, they sit on seven committees. Then if they're chairman of a committee, they get more. They get $1.5 million for office expenses, a million dollars for uh, for salaries. Uh, and wait a minute. They get another $67 a day stipend. Now, I don't know what they need after all of that. So thousand dollars and plus a couple of more million dollars of course they're going to have an easy life and the worst part of it is they sit there for lifetimes collecting their monies and their pensions not worried about us while you and i struggled during the pandemic they got paid and here's the best part they raised our taxes by 18 percent in new york are you crazy are you crazy but we they don't care and you know what? My soup kitchen feeds 150 people every day. We pay boxes to take care of our people, all private funding. They gave out free boxes. Natasha, you would throw up with what the city gave these poor families. It was embarrassing. I was embarrassed of my city. This is how you treat a normal human being with four children, five children. You can't throw food at them. You must treat them with respect. My house door is open all the time. There's a napkin, a table, a nice meal. No matter what, you treat somebody with respect. But sometimes we lose focus. A politician thinks he's the king and we have to bow. And a lot of our organizations bow to them so they get money. I want you to know one more thing. I have a special needs office in my place. I have a teacher there. We went out and we have people coming there with their special children. And the government gave our community about $300 million. Do you know how much these families get for each visit? $15. I'm telling you, the families have to come up with $100 for each more visit, times that by three, times that by 12. They don't have it when you have a special needs child, plus all the other expenses. Where's the money going? No accounting for it. All the big boys get it. Their organizations split it. They're pocketing the money. And you and me, Natasha, we get nothing. So, yes, I need to have them accounted for. They're scared of me because I am a businessman. I'm a professional. But I'm not like that only. I've served my community. I know organizations. I know the red tape. I don't care if they want to keep me out. I'm going to keep speaking. When they cut, when they close my parks with chains, Natasha, with chains, I went with my bolt cutters and cut them. The cops came time after time after again to arrest me. On one of the parks in Crown outside of my neighborhood, it was in a black neighborhood, and I cut the lock and five cop cars came surrounding me. And a little black kid came over to me, slapped me five, said, thank you, Heshi. The cops got in their car and left. It doesn't make a difference who you are, 
what race you are, what color you are, what religion you are. You will help one another and fight for one another because they're going to take away your rights, Natasha. You look funny. You're different sexual. You're gay. I'm not asking you to preach Judaism or Christianity. I I have my own imam, by the way, my own rabbi, and my own priest, okay? Yes, I've helped mosques, churches. And you know what? I love them because they do good. We feed the poor and, and we feed them with respect. But sometimes your politicians like Blasio was an animal. And here's the best part. He's running for Congress, came into the Jewish neighborhood and apologized how he punished us. I understand you punished tens of thousands of people and you think an apology is going to get you elected to Congress? And I'm scared to tell you, he might win. I'm, I just, I, and you, everybody tells me, has she moved out of New York? Go away. Are you crazy? I fought for this city for 50-something years. You think I'm running? I've never run. I'm never going to run. I love my city. I love my country. I'm going to spill my blood for it because I want others. I want my next generation of children and friends and neighbors to know we are one. No matter who you are, you've come to this country to battle. I don't care if you're an immigrant. I don't care if you are born here nine generations. You, you can, and I'm not asking you, Natasha, to give me your money or your wealth. I'm asking you not to hurt the other one from getting a chance to pick themselves up. Don't take away from them. Go ahead. Do whatever you got to do. But don't let us little guys, don't push us down. Let us let us get a little piece of the pie. And that's it, Natasha. That's what I have to say. Um, I have a lot more, but I'll be quiet now. <laughs> uh, I think that's part of the, the issue. What you're talking about is they, they act like you're just supposed to be calm, quiet. Like if your views are a little more traditional or something, and they say, oh, we're, you know, you're conservative. And conservative means that you're, you know, you're quiet and you're meek and you don't like to make much of a fuss and things. Like that. And that's part of the reason why I don't refer to myself as a conservative is because it is associated with that kind of soft spoken, uh, graceful losing. You know, well, we we lost. I guess we just have to give up and we'll just pray. And the reality of it is, historically, praying is something that you do before you undertake something powerful. If we look in the past in Jewish history, it's not like, oh, everybody just prayed. No, it was like they prayed before they went into battle. They prayed before... They, they, they took on this thing. They prayed before they, they you know, fasted or, or had to, you know, hole up in Masada or something like that. You know, it was never just, oh, well, we just prayed and hoped for the best. You know, that's why throughout history there's so many conflicts because the Jewish people historically have not chosen to be meek. That is a, a, a 20th century uh, invention. When they when they came and they made the new state of Israel, they said, "Oh, we're we're making the new Jew. You know that he's going to be strong and he won't uh, be pushed around by governments and things like that." But really, what they're doing is that's the old Jew. He had just been sleeping for a long time, I guess, <laughs> apparently, uh, because it's it's not well. You're not going to make a difference if you don't. Make, make a sound, you know, they have to hear what you have to say, or else how do you expect them to 
enact what anything about what you're going to say if you don't make them aware of your presence and aware of the fact that you're dedicated to your ideas. And there's different levels of dedication. And of course, there are some issues that are not the hill. Woo! Woo! There's so, not not the hill to die on, you know. The whole uh, city's got a lot of crazy fireworks. I've heard on the police radio, I guess, that like some people didn't know how to use them real good. And there's some fires they had to go uh, put out. So hopefully everybody's okay with that. Uh, and they didn't burn their actual house down or anything like that. I hope everybody had a pretty much safe 4th of July. But it sounds crazy around here right now, especially, I guess, as it gets later and darker, of course, it's like, you know, really uh, the thing now. Um, I did want to mention that it, uh, the phones are open for like another 10 minutes. Uh, if you want to call 515-602-9751. Um, but I imagine a lot of people are probably going to be coming and watching this after. They're going to be watching the replay because in some parts of the country, they're like doing their, you know, municipal town fireworks right now, which um, here in beautiful Peoria, Illinois, were done a little while ago. Me and my husband, my daughter, we went out and uh, we watched some people in the neighborhood kind of have some competing fireworks shows. Uh, and my daughter was like, oh, wow, oh, wow, yeah, it's 4th of July. And I was just thinking, like, fireworks are completely illegal here. I don't know if you know that. This is one of, like, three states where fireworks are completely illegal. So it just kind of, like, backed up the idea of, like, what I was talking about. And what you were talking about is that government isn't the king. They can't really tell people what to do. People will only listen insofar as they believe the government. So if they believe that it was really important to not have fireworks, I suppose that they would do that. But most people are like, it's the 4th of July. I'm just going to go to the next state and bring some fireworks over here. And it's, and they imagine that gun control works somehow when you clearly hear <laughs> that, that, you know, fireworks control doesn't work, uh, you know, it's, and now speaking of gun control, we had a shooter in uh, Highland Park, Illinois, which is a largely Jewish community. Um, it's mostly secular Jewish. I don't think there's too much um, traditional Orthodox out there. It's the, you know, Jews with Christmas trees crowd. But in any case, there was, uh, unfortunately, a psychopath who appears to be into some kind of a cult or something. We don't know the motive yet, but they did catch the guy. So I'm glad of that. Um, we were a little concerned that it was going to get into the time of doing the fireworks. And because all of the towns surrounding Highland Park and some of the other towns in Illinois had tentatively canceled their fireworks displays because there was still a, a shooter on the loose. And obviously you don't want to start doing a bunch of bombs blowing off in the crowds when there's a, a shooter out. So thankfully uh, they caught the guy before it was fireworks time and all those towns got to do their 
stuff. Well, that's good. I, I, again, I, I believe that we could, you know, these shootings in, 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 in schools and little children, these guys are lost and we're not paying attention to our mental health issues in this country. We're paying attention to other stupid stuff. Most people who carry guns who are smart and trained and checked, but again, we're blaming the regular citizens and I too blame them sometimes because I can't understand how we kill 17 or 19 children. I can't believe that we walk into a, a, an auditorium and start shooting people. I can't believe gang violence that we're able to let them <clears throat> get away with stuff when our regular honorable people can't carry a gun and defend themselves while the cop takes out the gun and delays it to one of us who are running away from a ticket or or being accused of something or or you know when you, i was a kid being a jew you're going to be tacked be careful i used to work in harlem a lot with a lot of my uh, employees and some of them were of different uh, nationalities or minorities they used to be scared and pick up their hands and i used to laugh at them i said what are you doing oh no you don't understand Ashley. if we don't do this we're gonna get in trouble and i used to scream at the cops who are you to stop and frisk these innocent boys too bad you don't like it you're gonna go to jail and I just didn't understand that mentality. Go after the criminals. You know who's out there. You know where to look for it. Stop. But there's only so much I'm going to say. But one day I'm going to get in there. You're going to hear me scream. I'm going to continue to scream. And wherever I can do my duty, I will. And I'm not scared of the mayor. I'm not scared of the governor. I'm not scared they're going to come after me. So you put me in jail another day. You put me in jail another day. I've been there enough times. And I'll continue to go back to fight for my fellow man. I'm going to continue to give people, say, you know, a lot of my politicians say, we don't give, we don't give uh, fellows a second chance. Why? Why won't you do that? Why won't you give them housing and, and apartments? They could be a great uh, uh, addition to society. You should see how many people come home and do so much for our children. But again, they're scared. They want their reputation. I'm sorry. They want their legacy. Oh, please. You know what? We don't need that, Natasha. Like you said, with your beautiful kid, I took my granddaughters on the roof to watch the fireworks. We had local fireworks. Our fireworks are going to go on all night long here, Natasha. This is New York City. Um, um, as long as they're safe, as long as they do things the right way, and we have our police officers, do it the right way. And your audience should know something, my dear friends, my dear children, my dear neighbors. Always remember, your, the little things help your fellow neighbor. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. You know, the great President Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you could do for your country. Oh, no, baby. Of course, what we could do for our country. But our country has to do for us, has to listen to us, has to follow our orders. You must listen to us. We, the people, we, the people have fought for this country and died. You know, my cousin, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Inglorious Bastards. Did you ever see that? Oh, yeah, classic. So, um, Inglorious Bastards was a bunch of Jewish guys that went in behind Nazi lines, cutting Nazi throats and killing them. One of the people that the ending of the movie is not real was a cousin of mine called Getzel Schwartz. They killed 10 of his brothers and sisters, and he made it to oh, America, wow. and, they, and they, put his, they put him into the army. He could barely speak English, 18, but he was a monster, Natasha. He was like a bull. You should have seen those muscles. At 75, he was still doing 100 push-ups in his underwear. And the man used to tell us stories when we were little kids. We surrounded him. And he had medals bigger than you can wow. ever imagine on his 
Germans. At the end of the war, he found one sister alive. He went a little crazy. He went to the German town and started shooting them. They threw him out of the army. They gave him an honorable discharge. Here's a man that defended this nation. They put him behind enemy lines. He went then to visit Israel in 1948. War broke out in Israel. He joined the Israeli army, became a hero there. This is what he did. He put his life on the line for his fellow man, his fellow American, his fellow nationals. And when you start thinking color, black, white, Asian, uh, Hispanic, Latin, you start talking to people like who they are sure they have to understand where they come from. They should they should be proud of their history. Uh, if you're if you're Native American, be proud of where you came from. I'm proud of my father's history. But remember, right. we are one people, same red blood. You're never going to change that. Same heart, the same location, same lungs, same kidney. We are the same people. And be proud of that. You are God's creation. You are made in the image. I know not everybody believes in God. No problem. No problem. I do respect my opinion. I respect yours. But the greatest nation on the planet. You know, they all freak out about January 6th. Remember that? Come on, we turned Trump turned over power, and we've done that for 250 years in a clean, nice, honorable manner. He was going to do it. He has a right to fight in the courts. Maybe he was wrong, but at the end of the day, he was never going to do that crazy thing. Those people, January 6th, had no weapons or guns. They're abusing their powers. These guys in Come on, saw the Russian collusion. Whether you like Trump or not, wasting $40 million on a case. You know how many people I could have fed for that money, Natasha? How many people we could have done good? We waste and we don't care about our fellow man. We care about our legacies. But there's so many good people out there. So many people love one another. And you people out there should know something. That I fought for this country. You will fight for this country. And I'm not embarrassed of any of my past. I'm never going to be embarrassed of being a Jew. I'm never going to be embarrassed of being a Christian. Oh, you're not a Christian. Yes, I am. I'm a Christian. I'm a Muslim. I'm a Jew. I'm a Latino. And whether you like it or not, here I am. And if you don't like what I have to say, I got that is my constitutional right, and I am going to defend it. And remember, ladies and gentlemen out there, the Fourth Amendment that says nobody comes into your house, whether they say safety reasons or suspect you, do not let them in. Don't let them trick you. They try. on last week, an inspector tried to do that. He pushed me. I knew the rules. I'm a government official. I said, you broke my amendment. You broke my rights and you're going to be punished. And the cops try to help him. I said, no problem. It's all on video. And I posted, I got 50,000 hits. You cannot hurt a fellow man. I saw that Don't take video. away my rights. Yeah, I saw that video. I was like, you know, and, and people that think, you got to be bold with these people. They expect to just be able to walk in and walk right over you. Oh, I have a badge or I have a piece of paper or I have this or whatever. You know, but yeah, but I have the Constitution, and it says this, and whatever you say will never, ever supersede that, ever, ever. Ever. I carried it, I carried it in my pocket. And by the way, the inspector tried to lie. Oh, he was injured and hurt. Thank God I had it on video. He actually tried to accuse me of hitting him. When I showed them, he hit me and pushed me. Not that I was scared. I'm a big, tough, big 400-pound guy. I'm not scared. But that's how they play the game, and you run away chicken, scared that he's going to put you in jail. Do not be scared, my dear children. You know, I, I want to tell you a, a story. And, and if you don't mind, give me a minute for this story. There was a school in Go Europe where, where there was a big rabbi, very holy man. And um, 
and he, he he helped a lot of people come to America. A lot of leaders come here. A lot of people go to freedom right before the, the war where a lot of people were killed in Europe. And there was a story one night that a couple of kids were going home late from school. And back then, they didn't have dormitories and stuff. You had to be put up at people's houses or neighbors, you know. This was, you know, going back 70, 80 years ago. So four of the kids were running home. And they saw somebody following them. So they kept running and they kept chasing them. Finally, they got to the place of the house where they were staying and they slammed the door behind them. They got a bang on the door. And the bang on the door, they said, who's there? The police. They opened up to the police. And the police said, well, we want to see your papers. Why were you running? We said, first of all, we're free. We're running home. And we saw people following us. He said, we could have killed you. They didn't even understand what they were saying. They said, give me your papers. They all took out their papers. They showed where they would belong. One of the kids out of the four kids didn't belong in that house, belonged in another community. They took him and they took him away to the station and started questioning him for hours. And finally, finally, after a few hours, they released him. And they said, you better go where you belong. The next morning when they all went to school, the rabbi started screaming, I'm screwing this school. I'm shutting it down. I don't want to know of any of you what happened last night. And the kids said, what do you mean? We did nothing wrong. They chased us. They said, one minute. You stood there, all four of you together. Three of you got off the hook. Your buddy was taken in and you didn't defend him. You didn't stand up for him. You let him go because you wanted your freedom. It doesn't work like that. Freedom is for everybody. You knew he was right, but you were willing to sacrifice him so you could breathe. And the rabbi was right. He didn't close down the school. You must sacrifice your freedom. How many of our brothers, black, white, Latino, Jewish, Indian, died in those wars for you? Their blood spilled for you that you could sit here today. I understand that. I, I cry. I've heard the stories from my father who had the numbers on his hand. He stood in a concentration camp where they killed seven out of his ten brothers and sisters. I was there when I heard him cry, this powerful, strong, delicious man. And when he made it to my 13th birthday, my babitza, that's all he wanted to live. He told me, Heshi, learn what I've taught you to do good. Help your fellow man. Take care of the man. Continue doing your good. And many times when I'm growing up and I raised my two brothers and Down syndrome sister who's still alive, she prays for me every day. You know why, Natasha? She says, I'm going to hell. But she's delicious. She's 53. When they usually die at 35, she has her own apartment. Nicer than me. She even has more money than me. I'm not too happy about that. But she doesn't. She won't lend me 20 bucks without signing a paper, by the way. But a uh, very smart girl. But you have to help. And you learn from this. And you must continue to understand that if you do good, you will get good in return. And I saw my father who passed away. And I took on his legacy. And don't, don't think for a minute that I didn't want my childhood, my teenage youth. I didn't want to run away when I was 20s. And then, of course, you women trick us, you know, real well. I'm not blaming you, Natasha, but Linda tricked me 32 years ago. She somehow trapped me. And she's been my wife for 32 delicious years, torturing me. Not a good cook. I'm a better cook. But I love her. And it's a battle. And marriage, too, my dear children. Sure, people get divorced. Sure, people break up. But try your best. Find your soulmate. And, 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 and do the best you can. Remember, love is in the beginning is beautiful. And you should always love. But love is more than that. Love is respect. And love for your country is respect for your country, for your fellow man. Everything is like that. Partnerships, businesses. Don't judge the others by the book. Like they say, don't judge the book by its cover. We all have beautiful souls. You're all created deliciously. I love 
my fellow man. Sometimes I get disappointed, Natasha. I'm sorry. I'm human. I'm not an angel. I get upset with others for not doing the right thing uh, by talking nasty, saying bad words about a fellow person when I know they don't really mean it or they're just lost or maybe they're taught the wrong way. You have to control your addictions and your emotions. And some people just don't want to control themselves. And that's why they do bad things. Every day is a battle for me. What, you think I don't have my addictions? I also have. I love to eat. I love to smoke. I, I have different ones than other people. Control it. Fight it. Do the best you can. And I promise you, in the next 20 years, Natasha, you will see this country grow. I know they want the green and I want, they want the, the world. Stop it. They're giving us stories to control us, to take away our liberties, to take away our freedoms. Mm -hmm. Now, they exactly. figured out a way to find it, and they're never going to take it away as long as we stand together, keep protesting, keep fighting back. And if they touch you, hey, I'm Heshi Tischler. Don't be scared to call me or internet me or email me. I'll come running. I'll come screaming. And I promise you, there's so many more out there like me. But like you said, don't be the conservative, quiet person. It's not all of us can scream and holler. But remember, if you don't and the few people that can't, they're going to take their liberties away. And what's going to happen? They'll come after you. They'll come get you. And forget you, your children, your grandchildren. No, my darling. I'm never going to give up. And, I don't care if real. I can. It's real. It's right there. You see it. You see the evidence every day. You know, with the vaccine. I took the vaccine. Nothing can help me. I'm a volunteer in the hospital for 32 years. I take the flu shot, the TB shot, the shingle shot. So the vaccine, they want to give me something. They're not going to kill me. You're not going to get that disease through my big fat body. You know, I'm not going to let you take me down so fast. You know, but I've seen it affect a lot of other people. But I'm going to understand that even with the vaccine, I wanted to show the world. We took it. And they're still taking away our liberties. They still haven't stopped all the mask mandates in New York City. My God, are we crazy? We're all open. Businesses. Yeah, yeah, people are going to weddings. Governor Hochul came into my community, the Jewish community that affected the world, they said. And she stood close with all these men surrounded because she wanted their votes. All of a sudden, you could do that. Parties, when we couldn't have parties, they had parties. But you know what? During the pandemic, I went to 104 weddings and kept my wedding halls open and snuck them in and stopped the police and sheriffs and followed them. During the pandemic, I kept my stores open. I did, you know, they made us a red zone. Bad, bad, bad. When, when Mr. Mayor Adam, uh, back then, Board President Adams came, I was embarrassing him. I didn't let him in my community. He said, Heshi, what do you want? I said, let me do my own testing with your supervision, and I will show you that we're good. I did it. And 2,000 tests later, four came back positive. We went to yellow. They couldn't stop us. But again, their games, their gimmicks, their propaganda, and you have to fight back. And I fought back for my community. I wish I could do more. I work in all five boroughs of my city. I don't care who you are. And I love my children. I love my grandchildren, my foster kids, and many of the kids on the street. I try to pull them off the streets, but we don't care about them. 60,000 homeless people, 20,000 homeless children. What, you think they're not going to go crazy sleeping in the cold and the rain and the window? You want to put them in a homeless shelter with 14 people in a dirty, smelly room? Are you crazy? Natasha, would you sleep with 14 people in a room no matter what? Of course you'd sleep no. on the street. No. And this is what goes on. We don't care. We want just so much for ourselves and not give back a little bit. I'm not asking you to give much. I'm not asking you to share. But the bigger guys just torture us. They have these big meetings in Devos 
telling us that we're going to take the vaccine. You're going to fire us. I mean, they actually fired 1,500 civil servants in my city because they wouldn't take the vaccine shot. I mean, who the hell are you? And they That's make crazy. you wear masks stills. And any way to get you a game. You know what? I'm going to play your game, but I'm going to play it my way. And so far, I've been doing pretty good. I can't get elected, uh, and I'm not collecting any money yet, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep fighting, and maybe one day I win, and I believe that it's God's will, and I will do it. God, I look back on my 35 years of community service and activism, and sometimes I regret, why didn't I take that extra vacation? Why didn't I sit with Linda and take a longer dinner? Why did I have to come home every night at 11 o'clock? And Linda, again, I wake up the next morning and she reassures me, telling me I'm handsome. I beat you all. Right there alone I went. I can't even believe she still says it, the dumbbell go. <laughs> well, you know, thank you for doing what you're doing out there. Uh, some of our uh, New York buddies and connections. They say, hey, this guy, here she, have you seen him? He seems like the, you guys would like him. You and your husband, he's just he's just totally your guy's style. He's always just telling them what for. So we said, well, let's look this guy up, you know? And so, hey, here she, here she's the guy. Yeah, okay, all right. You know, well, you can, and uh, you've been paying attention you can, and telling people, you know? You can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. The cops follow me constantly, and they always they even come to my house when I say something bad. I am there to give you a daily two or three-minute videos. You might see me screaming and ranting, but, you know, what are you going to be able to say in two or three minutes? So I try my best to get everything in. I do have my show called The Just Enough Hesche Show, Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock. I keep repeating it. You know, I went to a, a special event for cancer kids, and, uh, you know, we danced for them and so on. And the kid asked for me specifically to come. So I went there, and when I got there, they had an imitator of me, somebody making fun of me. And the kid was so happy. He says, you're not embarrassed? I said, what? Embarrassed you're making fun of me? I want you to get up and walk and smack me around. That will make me happy. That's it. I don't care you make fun of me. I am proud to serve my nation, to serve my country in any way you want. President Obama, I don't care if you like him or not, did say to serve your country is not only to be in the military, serve your fellow man, be a teacher, be a tutor, go bring a bottle of milk every Saturday. Me and Linda go to the hospital and visit 10 old people for five or 10 minutes to knock on the door. And they smile for nothing, just to knock on their door to say hello to them. They're so excited, they wait for us. I don't understand what it is. That's the little things, that's more than enough. You don't have to give anything from your pockets. Do whatever you can. And guys, if you don't like me, I apologize, but I'm going to keep doing, I'm going to keep fighting, and I'm here for you whether I'm your friend or not. And I love you, Natasha. You're delicious. You're beautiful. Take care of your babies. And if you're ever in Brooklyn, New York, I make the best chicken cutlets on the planet. Welcome to come over. It'll, it'll go down like it's butter. I promise you. I will hunt that well. Uh, I don't eat chicken, but if you have something, uh, some vegetables or something, cook some vegetables. I'll fix that. I'm good with that, too. How about lasagna? All right. Sounds good. That sounds great. All right. Well, we're going to, uh, it's about 15 after. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up for the night. Thank you very much to Mr. Heshi Tischler. I'm going to take him off the screen, but thanks for coming out and uh, watch him. Wednesday nights, basically, 
what before my show comes on, his show's on. When his show's over, mine'll be coming on on Wednesdays. But I'm Mondays and Wednesdays, he's just on Wednesdays. His show has much better production and he's real uh got a lot of stuff going on there, good and, and, and good stuff. So definitely check out uh Mr. Pesci. And um so thanks again everybody for enjoying the wonderful Fourth of July. Um, and thankfully they caught the damn shooter, so they didn't cancel a bunch of damn Fourth of July fireworks. Everything is not as bad as it could be. Of course, it's not as good as it could be either. It could be better, but let's just take this moment to thank God and thank everybody who died and gave up their time, life, and limb for us to be able to do this freedom nowadays, to be able to have what we do have, even though they're constantly trying to infringe upon it and take away your liberties. Just like Heshi said, keep up the fight. Don't let them gaslight you because the Constitution is still there. Woo! USA! USA! Do you like American flags and doing whatever you want with your money? How about guns and ammo? Do you enjoy threatening your government officials? We're gonna hang you, motherfucker. Do you want to save your nation from that gay-ass communism? Then come on down to fight-wing, right-wing-ass propaganda and jerk tofu hut. We got books about capitalism, populism, dank-ass memes, offensive-ass flyers, mixtapes that your neighbors will definitely hate, and some spicy motherfucking tofu. That's right, fight-wing, right-wing-ass propaganda and jerk tofu hut. Located in the hood, kitty-corner from your mama's house, where you need to go and have her cut up that yee-ass haircut. Fucking with nigga.